And hello, everybody, and welcome aboard. It is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. This is Tom Chenault, and I have got an unbelievable show for you this week. Adrian will be here in a minute, but we are fired up. We're going to get right to it. Um, I heard Ray Higdon and Gordon Hester last night, and over 45,000 people had watched that video in one hour off of a Facebook Live that was a flash, like a flash Facebook Live. Ray didn't promote it, he didn't announce it, he just stuck it out there, and the world bought it. And the reason they did it was because it's such important information for all of us, and Gordon Hester is an amazing, amazing human being. And he's written a book that you are going to absolutely love. You wanna go to positionedright.com and buy this book. And the reason you want to buy it isn't because of what you hear today. I would buy 10 of these books for the because I read it, and it's unbelievable. And what's in here is unbelievable. And it's not about the past. It's about the future of network marketing and why you are literally the luckiest people in the world. So we're going to take that down the road right now with some absolute enthusiasm. So Gordon Hester, how are you, buddy? Tom, it is great to see you. Thanks for having me on your show. And most important, thanks for the kind words. The, the call with Ray last night was a lot of fun, sort of an, an impromptu. But uh, to your point, it really shows how much the content and the education matters to people right now. And, um, you know, it's just that time where people are really paying attention to how do they ensure a better future for their business. What I loved about it is that we're in a time right now where the world is basically scared to death. And they're scared for their health, they're scared for their money, they're scared for their time, they're scared for their livelihood. And there is no doubt about it. And there are people that wanna capitalize on that. And what you did really, really well was you just said, you know, we've gotta take the high road here. We've gotta be the example of integrity and class. And it's really, really important that we do that just because we have a reputation in the world as network marketers of people that can be a little bit obnoxious and a little bit uh, too exuberant about our businesses. And what you guys did was temper that, but what really happened inside of that is the FTC kind of set the bar for making sure that we are really, really watching our P's and Q's when it comes to income claims, product claims, lifestyle claims, anything. So if you don't mind, before we talk about this tremendous book, would you mind talking a little bit about where you see that environment at right this second, where it's headed, and how we can avoid stepping in the potholes? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I think anytime you're looking at where things are at, you have to look in our industry at two things, the marketplace and the regulatory. So uh, marketplace is a different conversation, but on the regulatory side, um, the scrutiny with the regulatory world has actually picked up. Um, to give you some perspective, over an 11-year period, um, there were four FTC actions against companies. In the last 10 months, there's been three. So there's more activity picking up. And part of this has to do with just their desire to kind of, I don't want to say force, but encourage change with our industry to kind of have it more defined by some different conversations, meaningful part-time income, the distribution channel, these kinds of things. So with the whole COVID thing, um, listen, you know we have a lot of passionate people in network marketing yeah. whose intentions are to serve, but sometimes the perception of that is 
that you're profiteering and you're taking advantage of situations. And we talk about the high road. I think it's really important to win the game of perception so that as an industry, we are seen as people that are helping and impacting people, not people take, not taking advantage of people. And the other thing that I think is important is network marketing is not being targeted here. This is the third set of warning letters that went out. The first two were to non-MLM companies. So th this is a, a kind of a regulatory focus on protecting consumers. Yeah. And it's not just us, it's everybody. And th the crazy part, so one example I gave, the one company I'm working with right now, we got written up for two violations. Um, one is questionably whether it was even a violation. We have taken down hundreds and hundreds of bad posts we have not had a warning in 12 years, but yet you kind of have one thing come up and you get a letter. And I think you always take it seriously, but I don't think you want to overreact and just kind of jump into this place of fear when they're just trying to kind of get a message. Let's be smart about how we impact people and the messaging around that. The entire environment is such that you don't want to make any kind of claim tied to COVID. I mean, if we can stay away from that, and we can tell people that it's hard work that takes a long time, that maybe a little tiny bit of money and not use amounts of money that they're going to make, that, you know, people are smart. And I think that nobody believes there's any free lunch out there. Nobody believes money comes easily. The, th the difference between network marketing for me and the difference between a regular job for me, Tom Chenault, is that I didn't have any fun at my regular jobs. It was hard work and I didn't have any fun. Today I'm in a job where I have a blast all the time. I've, I set my own hours and I have, a, I have fun all the time. I still work unbelievably hard. So it's not, and it took a long time to build what I build. And if I just tell people that, I think I'm safe, don't you? Yeah, I think what, what they're really looking for is to be real and authentic yeah. with people. And mm -hmm. what you just said is, is true. If you think about the nature of our business, um, the bigger incomes are earned by building lots of relationships um, with customers and with team. And ultimately it takes time to build critical mass. It takes time to build relationships. Some people move faster than others because they have an influence base. They have an audience today. You're seeing like social influencers coming in and moving a little bit quicker because they have more people to talk to, but ultimately, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, absolutely. Are you scared? No, I, I kind of think that a lot of people are, but I think fear either um, paralyzes you or motivates you. I always, anytime I feel that I'm being paralyzed, the first thing I pay attention to is what am I focused on? And a lot of times if you feel people, they're paralyzed, they're focused on not only things they don't want, sort of what they love, the opposite of what you love is what you fear. So the things that they love, their freedom, their job, being able to pay their bills, you know, supporting their family, when these things become compromised, fear elevates. But the reality is, if you are paralyzed, you become a victim to circumstance. You start focusing on what you don't control. So I've always been one of those people. It's like, well, what else can this mean? How can I learn from this? How can I serve a different way? How can I use this as an opportunity? Because the answer is always just a better question. And I think when you learn to shift your focus, you can shift your meaning and then you can go into action instead of being paralyzed. I'm of the opinion right, wrong, or indifferent, that people come into network marketing and they are the deer in the headlights. It's the last house on the block. And I believe that people ought to really, really work a whole lot harder on 
maybe sharing compassion and love and looking inside for maybe some rigorous self-inquiry where they're really paying attention to who they are as a human being and what they want out of their life. And then they can go get all these tools to go out and learn all the scripts and stuff like that. But when they're doing that, when you talked to Ray yesterday, you spoke about connection so big time. And you said, like, that's the most important thing, communication and connection. And that comes from knowing myself well enough that I can actually get my agenda out of the way and focus on the agenda of the person across the table, which is basically what you're saying. It's exactly what you're saying throughout your book. Long-term relationships are the most important part of this thing, whether you're a customer or whether you're a business builder on the other end of the spectrum. And it comes from being authentic and vulnerable, not from all the slick stuff that we hear from all the big shots, right? Yeah, I think when you lose transparency and you lose authenticity, mm -hmm. you're going to lose connection. And to me, connection is just built around three fundamental words, trust, care, and help. So if I'm communicating and behaving in a way where my audience knows they can trust me, how do I do that? Don't overpromise and don't underdeliver. Make sure they understand I'm there for them, not for me. There's fundamental ways. Um, we're, we're, for instance, our industry is really big at marketing hope, but you have to deliver on hope or you're gonna lose trust in the marketplace. The second is care. So, you know, caring speaks for itself. That's that love and that EQ and the empathy that we talk about. But one of the things that I always, one of my mentors taught me I never forgot, you can pretend to care, but you can't pretend to show up. Right. And ultimately, I think when you show up at the right time, and this is a time where people are hurting, this is a time where we can impact and make a difference. And then the third is help. You know, at the end of the day, people have needs. And, and in a relationship, it's our job to do what we can to meet those needs at the highest level possible. So, so much of my relationship building always starts around connection. All my brand is built around that philosophy. And I think today when you sell before you connect, it really is seen as an agenda and it isn't really good for business. So I tell people every day, if you master connection, you'll master relationship building. And if you're true and authentic and transparent to that, good things happen. And I believe, that's so true for network marketing. What you said to me in Florida, when we were sitting in the hallway at Ray Higdon's great event, and we were talking, and you looked me straight in the eye, and you said, what I think the biggest problem in this profession is, is that the companies continually, over time, forget that their biggest asset is their field, and they start thinking it's something besides that, something, some, you know, whatever. And I love that. I've quoted you so many times because I happen to believe that these companies, they start making so much money or they have so much responsibility or whatever happens. In comes the arrogance and out goes the memory of how they got there. And would you speak about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I tend to um, agree that I've always believed because I came out of the field initially. I'm on the corporate side now and on the industry side that the greatest asset of any network marketing company is the people and the culture. Yeah. And, and they, they are the differentiator. They're what makes things work. Ultimately, um, you know, companies over time, um, you're going to have voices, you're going to have influencers. I think what is important in that game is to be listening to the right people. Um, especially with some of the legacy companies, because you see, kind of if you're going to be relevant as a company you need relevant people being the voice of the company and the voice of the field 
But what seems to have happened over time is um, we've invited more traditional management people into this is they do what, what I like to call spreadsheet management. They look at numbers. They don't look at relationships. They don't look at the past yeah. and they operate with that mentality. And I know, for instance, in the venture capital world, you know, a number of people that own companies are involved with this and they really struggle with network marketing and to make it work because they don't understand it's all about relationship. It isn't about spreadsheets. It's not run like a traditional business Amen. in many contexts. We got to take a break. So we're going to take a little break. Thank you, Genesis Communication Network. We love you. Thanks for keeping us on the air all these years, Ted Anderson. We're coming right back, right after this, on the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chanel. Hello, Adrian. Hello. Hey, Gordon. Good to have you, man. Do you remember How are you? I do. Yeah, from Florida, man. So, Gordon, this is yeah. the segment for Adrian's little whiz-bang app called the, what's it called? <laughs> called Contact Mapping. So yep. I thought I would look this up and just see where Gordon is. There he is. Oh my gosh. Your children, one child at Wake Forest and another one graduated from there? Uh, Connor's out. He graduated last year. And my daughter's at Florida Southern. So Florida Southern. Yeah, and uh, all right. And you're a CPA? Uh, nope. Not an a accountant. CPA. Uh, yeah, I, I did public accounting for five years. I never was going to stay in it. So I never sat for my exam. Okay. Um, it was it was a learning place for me, not a career. That probably be a good way to put it. And you started uh, your career in this crazy business with an introduction to Harris Williams, which brought you to your wife Jackie, which brought you to uh, Jeff Roberti, which brought you to Juice Plus, which brought you to the mortgage lending business, which brought you to unbelievable highs and lows and experiences that absolutely shaped your life into something wonderful, right? Absolutely. And, you know, That's what when you I told met, me in the hall. Do yeah, you when I met me Jeff, that? Yeah, I met Jeff when he was, I think, 21. Yeah. And pulled up in a Mercedes, young kid. I'm working for $16,000 a year in accounting. And it's like, what is this all about? And I got really interested and actually became a distributor first. Um, back in the NSA days, I got to being an NMD in five months. So had some success at that. Um, but um, have been involved in network marketing since then in one way or another obviously with jeff with 25 years kind of opening up countries and doing all the coaching and working with the company so very involved um my pretty much my whole business career so how many kids do i have how many kids do you have yeah see the difference between you and i yeah when we sat down in that hallway when you walked away i took a picture of you and i also mapped you and i spoke all of that into my contact mapping app because I knew I was going to run into you one yeah. of these days and I was going to ask you about your daughter. I was going to ask you about your son. Somehow I looked through Florida State and I could have sworn you told me you were a CPA. But at the end of the day, I mapped the crud out of you. And that way I can follow up with you and actually remember yeah. about you. I also see that you were, uh, were you a jujitsu guy? Uh, yes, a black belt in jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, you told me that too. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So that's the essence of, so here's the last thing about contact mapping I want you to understand is that all of a sudden, my uh, grandson, uh, what's his name, Hugo, uh, goes, Grandpa, Tom Tom, I want to learn jujitsu. Of course, he would want to know that, right? So, you know, that's what they want to do, either Taekwondo, and I'm, gonna, I'm going, holy mackerel, I've talked to hundreds of thousands of people. Who do I know? And I can look in my phone, type in contact mapping jujitsu, and everybody in my entire database 
with that common denominator comes up with a picture and I can say, man, that is awesome. I'm going to call Gordon Hester. That's the beauty of it, Gordon. Is that cool enough? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because these CRM platforms like this have become hugely popular. What, what I love about yours that I've seen is it's simple. And that's really important in our industry because, I, I mean, I look at some of the CRM platforms we use, whether it's Salesforce or Pipeline or Infusionsoft, and there's so much complexity to it. You almost have to go get a, a year's worth of schooling to figure out how to use it effectively. And that, I don't think that works well in the industry we're in. It's got to be simple and it's got to work effectively. Plus the fact if you had all your contacts in your Juice Plus because you were an employee, their database, and you went over to where you are now, you wouldn't have those contacts anymore. You uh, are yeah. your contacts. Take them with you. Contactmapping.com. Great job on that ad. That was perfect. I know. Stick the words right in your mouth. <laughs> Put the words right in my mouth. We're coming back. And we're back. It's the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, and Gordon Hester. I hope and... I hope and I hope during the break you went and bought Positioned Right. And the where you bought that was at positionedright.com. He can't get it into Amazon yet. There's too much going on. You know, obviously Amazon is as paralyzed as everybody out there on the mechanical stuff, like actually getting books in hand and all that jazz. So I know several people in the same boat, but you can go to positionedright.com. Don't wait for Amazon. I'm telling you, you want to own this book and you want to own it right now. Not for me. Not for Gordon, but for you. And I will tell you, he didn't write this book to make a ton of money. He's got a ton of money. He wrote this book to change your life, and he's going to do that. So I am. you got to read this. I mean, this thing is off the chain. I remember you just spending a few minutes with him down in Florida and, and, really, and, and then downloading from you afterward just what an impact his thinking on the industry had. And so I'm really excited to read this. Congratulations on the book, Gordon. This is awesome. Thanks. Only took two and a half years and seven full rewrites. No, no big deal there. Seven, it took seven rewrites. Why did it, why did you keep rewriting it completely? Um, I didn't, if you're talking about change, a mm -hmm. lot of times you're talking about what's wrong. And it can be seen as almost like a, it's a critical look at the industry. And I needed to figure out how to tell the story of what was right and the evolution of how to make it better. There you go. And, and honestly, it took me two and a half years and seven full rewrites to get there. And then at that time, the industry was going through major change anyway. So I'm watching this occur and I'm like, oh, I need to add this in. Or I need to add this in. It's, I felt like I had writer's creep where you just always have a new idea and never get to a finish line. But when I knew it was right, um, then it was time to get it out. But yeah, it was quite an undertaking. Talk about the 40 thought leaders that you, that you work with in the DSA and the various places, Washington, D.C., that give you the credibility to be the guy that wrote this book, where people should pay attention because it is stone cold fact what's coming out of your mouth and out of your words. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I come, I've hit this thing from all sides. So I was on the distributor side with Jeff. I never want to take credit for what Jeff did, but I played a very pivotal role for 25 years. Sure. Um, you're talking about a distributorship that's done over 10 billion in sales, 100 million in commissions, so, and globally. So I, I understood it from the field side. When I retired in April 2016, that lasted for all of four days and do really well at retirement, I decided that um, I wanted to become an influencer in the industry and be a voice for change. So I got very involved in the Direct Selling Association. Um, I, on the research committee, 
they created a position for me as the industry liaison between the Direct Selling Education Foundation and now almost 240 academic institutions. So I'm always teaching. I taught a class today at Indiana State University on direct selling and personal branding. So, um, and then on top of that, I'm on the corporate side. I have my own technology company, probably work with an excess of 15 network marketing companies doing all kinds of tech work, but primarily um, e-commerce, back office, uh, tying things into these enterprise systems that these companies use. And um, so I, I am positioned myself uh, within the industry to be connected to the thought leaders and the influencers because I knew change needed to be a team effort. This isn't something I can do alone. And, you know, if, if people buy into the philosophy, we're stronger as a team. So I lock arms with people and keep pushing change. And, um, and then this year I took, uh, I moved over to Zervita uh, uh, to basically drive a new business process there and um, sort of create an evolution of their operations and uh, been, been really busy there because, uh, you know, documentation beats conversation. So when I'm talking about change, I was like, you know, the easiest way to prove it works is just to go do it somewhere. I don't need to just write a book. I'll go prove I can change something to me that is very kind of what I would call more old school opportunity to a truly next generation company that is heavily defined by end consumers, a part-time army, heavy tech, heavy data, something that is very much run like companies that are going to be in the leadership position going forward. And what do you see, Gordon, as, you, you know, if you think about the, the one change that you would like to see come about in the whole direct selling or network marketing industry, you know, what, what's the one change that you think is the most important thing that we all come together around? I think the one, there's lots of them. Um, certainly there, there's some high priority ones like tech becoming a bigger part of thing, more e-commerce focused, but at the core of it, our business is about relationships. And I think, unfortunately, what people see our industry is about is recruiting, when in reality, relationships are built after we recruit. So I think the evolution is the relationship and engagement piece. How do we get people to stay longer? How do we get people to be addicted to the culture? How do we get people to bring other people and find whatever culture they're representing as a home for them? I think if we get that piece right and we stop churning so many people because we're over-promising and under-delivering and actually work on building really solid relationships, I think there's no limit to what we can do. Let's take a break. We're going to come back right after this. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network. We'll be right back. All right. That was so good. Oh, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know you know what you're doing. Um so you know Weisberg too, Jeff Weisberg? I do, JW. Oh, yeah, that's a trademark. <laughs> Are the, the one and only, I should say. <laughs> so you lived in Sarasota. Do you still live there? I do. Uh, I'm back and forth. I have a home in um, a condo in Houston too, where Zervita is. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm in Sarasota right now because everything's in lockdown. So I've been yeah. back here for about a month. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking about coming down there actually and hanging out with some people, uh, Jeff Roberti and Dan Stamen and obviously Harris is an old friend and so yeah. your crowd's my kind I know you I know your crowd and they're cool neat people so that's really really yeah. that's something and you got JW he's always interesting to be around you never know what you're going to get with him oh my gosh he jumped and lived he's the best one I mean he is he leaves me these voice messages but his phone screwed up 
So he he won't leave a he won't leave a text message or a voice message. He leaves these goofy button things, and I have to listen to every one of them, like an hour of them, before I get to the one that he wanted to talk to me about. And he's always all pissed off because I didn't hear it. Weisberg. And then I tell him about it, and he blames my phone. I go, Jeff. That sounds about right. Oh, he's a mess. Don't you love him? He is. The funniest guy. He really is. He is funny and he is high maintenance, but at his core, he's a really good guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's very well said. Yeah. So John Milton Fogg, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. He's still alive and he's watching the show. I mean, most people think he's dead. And if you see him, you think he's dead even more, but he's smarter and more alert and more on top of it and more cool than he was five years ago. So actually eight years ago. So it's so cool to see uh, fog up and kicking too, but talk about contact mapping a little bit. I, I just, you know, to dovetail a little bit on what you were saying before the break, you, you think about what is going on out there and, and you're exactly right. The, you know, the bad rap that the network marketing profession gets in so many cases is just a function of, you know, what's really happening is people are throwing stuff and throwing human beings against the wall, hoping something will stick. And no one in the world wants to be treated that way. And not only do we, you know, does nobody want to be treated that way, and it's just bad business, but it's bad business for you too, because it's just, it's such a wasteful way to go about your business. And what contact mapping, it really exists for the purpose of is to make it so easy for you that it, you don't have any excuse anymore to not do the things that you should be doing. All it is, is I met Gordon, we hung out down in Orlando at Rank Makers Live last year. You know, his kids are doing this and you know, it's just, it's the, spit it out of your brain. You've got it to come back to, you pop it up in, you know, six months or I've got a little note in my head and Wake Forest, you know, wins a crazy basketball game or does whatever. And I go, who's who I know that loves Wake Forest? And I send a note to, you know, it's just, it's those simple little things with Southern Florida, enough so. technology around it right. to yeah. make it easy for you to actually go and have these little touch points. And then what happens is instead of you just bludgeoning people in your business, you know, you start having these situations where lo and behold, somebody goes, you know, I, I was kind of ducking you for a long time because I just wasn't ready or I was doing whatever, or I thought network marketing was BS or whatever it was. And, you know, something changed for me and I want to talk to you about your business. And how good does it feel when you get a phone call like that because you actually cared about people in upstate? That's, that's what we're trying to do. And we got to love people. Start with the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I had this all backwards. And I, at 69 years old, I am doing a 180 degrees pivot on the way that I do this network marketing business. And it's completely congruent with what Gordon's talking about in this book. It had a lot to do with the shaping of my new philosophy that I will be telling you guys about here pretty soon. But yeah, I just think that we have gotten too glib. And we are way less real than we need to be. And this business is about real, not glib. And that's going to be exciting. So we're coming back in about a couple of seconds and uh, contactmapping.com. Yep. Anything else in there that they need any forward slash backslash? Uh, Go to contactmapping.com slash action. And there's a video there that you can check out that will show you what we're talking about in about two minutes. And you are going to be really excited about that. So go there. And you got your old old buddy, Jeff Olson from uh, Juice Plus also said hi to you. So that's pretty cool. Oh, gosh, tell him I said hi. I love him. Olympic. I mean, Vic's here. Big time. Yeah, cool. All right. A couple seconds. 
and we're back. It's the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, and Gordon Hester. I've been looking forward to this show. He never finished the damn book. So I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, I saw the book and I said, we've got to get him on. And he came on instantly, not as quick as he did with Higdon, but I don't expect that kind of response. But it was really, <laughs> really magic that you're here. And we need you badly. Uh, on Higdon's show, you talked a little bit about personal branding versus company branding. And before we go to your book, which we're going to talk about a lot for the rest of the show, I want to talk about that because I have always been of the opinion that, in fact, I did a Facebook Live a couple of days ago, till death do us part. And my marriage, unbelievably great. My company, unbelievable. My life right now, unbelievable. But that's not till death do us part. The only thing till death do us part, the way I understand it, is death of Tom Chenault. And as long as I'm branding Tom Chenault, it's going to probably be there till the very end. All that other stuff, I could switch companies, I could get a new wife, I could have a new son. What? Well, maybe I'm not at this age, so that's pretty good. You're along for the whole long. I don't know. I just saw the Rolling Stones do it. I think you still got a couple more in you. Buddy. All right, baby. So the point I make to you guys all is personal branding. Talking about personal branding is uh, I, that was interesting to me because it seems like all the other people are saying wear all the garb and have it all over your website and all over your stuff. And you seem to, this is contact, this is, this, this is contact mapping. And the message doesn't say contact mapping. It says fire your brain, hire your heart. You gotta wear the flag, I get it. That's personal branding, what are you talking about? That's personal branding. I'm just right. kidding. Who I am is this, till I die. Go ahead, sorry, that was funny. Yeah, so I've, I've always believed um, in what I call you Inc. the idea of building influence around your brand. Um, one of the things that is unique about network marketing is um, distributors are a brand within the brand. So of course the company is going to have their own brand, but if you look at who's successful in the business, these are people that tend to have their own brand. And this is really sort of amplified through social media. As you see social influencers coming in with, your own audiences, just looking for a way to monetize it, whether it's through the opportunity or marketing some product or service. So I, I will tell you, I woke up to personal branding of all things at a network marketing conference when a mom came up to me and said, can I fly my daughter in to meet you? Um, she is an Instagram marketer. And I'm like, that's really cool. What does that mean? And uh, tell me about your daughter. And she's like, yeah, she's in high school making $53,000 a month in income. And I'm like, wow, like what in the world is she doing? And so I met with her, she flew in. It's pretty, pretty really interesting story. But part of that was I had to look at, I'm a very much of a model systems person. I had to look at what is the business architecture of a personal brand? How do I really build one? And how do I build it effectively? Because if I'm going to work with people to do this, I have to understand how it works. What you were saying, I think is something that we teach wrong in the industry we teach you to tell your story around a product, around an opportunity, around the connection of a company. But what I'm finding more and more is you lose sales to Google. You, people will look it up, they make their own perceptions. So what I'm finding today is people have their own unique brand. They don't necessarily tie it to the company, but they also don't work against it. So like for instance, if I'm, um, cool. it's gonna be an extreme example, but if I'm marketing a nutritional product and my brand is promoting marijuana i'm not really sure this is a good brand within a brand so there has to be alignment yeah but today I, I think you have to so this is kind of simple the system of it 
you have to create a brand that's called ideation. There's a whole way of going about that. What do you do when you have it? You create visibility. The more visibility you have, the bigger your audience. And what people have to understand today, influence is a form of capital, whether it's in, in the amount of influence you have or the quality of influence you have. You can go both directions. And then what do you do to scale your brand? You monetize that traffic. You turn it into something. And then the people that are masterful around it, they build movement. So they're the face of something. So think about Brene Brown. Why is she such Love a big her. brand? Because she's the face of women's empowerment, of shame and vulnerability. And with as many people as in that space as a brand, she's the one that owns the space. Why? Because she became the face of the movement. So if we think in that context with branding, how do we become the face of a movement? How do we really add value to somebody's life and have them connect to the purpose and the movement um, and the mission that I'm part of a life? This is the strongest form of branding, and this is what you can really scale if you know the business part of it. Very cool. That is really cool. And, and the kind of that two waves, right, of, you know, you're starting off, you don't have much influence. You might feel like you're rolling this boulder up a hill to even be trying to brand yourself when you don't really feel like anybody's paying attention, but slowly it starts to build. So that's phase one. And then, but the thing that you really, I think was brilliant is that going that next layer above and beyond and having it not just be all about you, but having it inclusive where people can come into that movement with you. I think the, you're, you're exactly right, Brene Brown. You know, there's, and I think there are people who have done that successfully in network marketing where Definitely. you see this movement coming with them and it's not just a cult of a single personality, but there's actually kind of alignment across a, a group of people. Yeah, to be the perfect example of network marketing is Eric Worre. Um, you know, Eric was a distributor. I knew him back when he was a distributor. Then he became a face of network marketing and building belief about network marketing. Because of that, he has this massive business and massive community um, because he's the face of it. Um, could have other people have done that? Yeah, other people have tried. He's been the most successful um, for, for various reasons, but th that's perfect example of kind of how that works in, in the network marketing world. And, and every one of you should be looking at your own brand because there's another, there's a risk management component of this. Let's suppose I'm, I'm attached to a brand um, and that brand or that company goes out of business. What happens to my influence if yeah. it's all tied to that? So I think at all point, my brand is the one thing that is unique to me. It is the one thing that I'm going to protect my audience so I can diversify. I can move wherever I want when I need to um, if something happens. And now the crazy thing is there's a lot of companies afraid of that. They're like, oh, we don't want people being their own personal brand. And if there's one lesson I learned a long time ago, if you embrace control over value, you're going to have a lot of trouble building relationships. People don't want to be controlled. They want you to add value to their life. And when you do that, people stick around. When you don't, I don't care what you try to do to control them. It's not going to work. Brand yourself is what he's saying. I used to have the home-based business radio show. Great name. Tremendous. Firebaugh and, and Dooley. I trained Dooley. Firebaugh and Dooley started a show called the Home Business Radio Show. They took the <laughs> word based out and totally screwed me up. So I finally said, okay, let's see if they want to name this show Tom the Chenault, the next one. <laughs> they haven't done that yet, but they're starting some new deal. But So be sure to pay attention to it because I love them both. <laughs> yeah, but he's exactly right. So your book, your book is off the charts. And you guys, it looks really complicated. But it's not. As you thumb through it, it's harder to thumb through than it is to read. 
because he's done so much documentation in the form of charts and proven up what he's saying. This reminds me of that old book called The One Minute Millionaire by Mark Victor Hansen, where on one page you had the story and on the other page it had all the facts. And this book is the same way. You have written this thing. I believe it. And I don't say this very often. So if this is like a masterpiece. You have done a hell of a job on this thing. And this is for the guy that's just getting started. And this is for the person that's been in for a long, long time. I mean, um, you've got nine points, nine steps throughout the book of how your business goes over, evolves. And the ninth point is mastering cultural whatever. And I can't even remember it. It was so complicated. Mastering but, culture addiction. Yep. Yeah. And at the point, at that point, that's for somebody that's really, really got it going and understanding the entire big picture and how to hold that thing together. Because as a brand new network marketer, you have not got the problems that a great big guy with a group, big group's got. And the big group guy forgets about the problems of the brand new person. And what your book has done is brought that all into masterful focus. And I love you for writing it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. I really felt that um, I think there's a lot of really good information about the industry that never finds its way to the people that need it. Um, and part of what I wanted to do in my effort to have transparency is to bring that information to people. I think it's so important for people to see the data and to understand that this is a proven long-term meaningful distribution channel and business opportunity. If you look at the facts, you cannot dispute this. And you just take the simplest form. Think about how many people say, oh my gosh, this is an illegal pyramid. Okay, forget the legal argument. Let's just take a common sense argument. If it's an illegal pyramid, how do you think it exists in over 170 countries, has 120 million entrepreneurs involved and does $200 billion in sales? You don't think somebody would have figured it out by now yeah. and corrected that? Just on its face, it doesn't make any sense. So I think this data is useful. And I think if you look at it, it really supports, this is an industry that matters. This is an industry that's been in a 27 year uptrend, but this is an industry that has to evolve to ensure that we're gonna have a better future, which is really what I focus, really wanted to focus on in the book. What does the evolution look like? Okay, so the book is called Positioned Right, The Future of Direct Selling and Network Marketing. Another thing that he does a beautiful job of is separating the definition of both. He spends a lot of time talking about what the network marketing is versus direct selling. And he's got charts there to show you how that actually flows through. And it's just done the right way for you. How much does this damn thing cost? I want to say it's 1995, okay. um, but I know as strange as it sounds, um, I'm probably going to give away more than I sell because it was really about getting the message out. Uh, I certainly have so far. Yeah, mine was free. I only 20 bucks. But yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, everybody, buy the book. I mean, you have to become a student of this profession after you become a person who does that rigorous self-inquiry with love and compassion, learns how to talk to people, then start mastering this, become a good human being first, and stay that good human being. Because I'll tell you what's happened to me over the years. I've had a lot of temptations to turn back the other direction toward my drinking, arrogant days because I thought of, I was all of it in a bag of chips. This thing is a roadmap for you not to do that stuff. I want you to be good human beings first and foremost, right? 
That's so true. And it, I think what happens, the reason why it goes in that order is because it's so, if you haven't learned how to talk to people, if you haven't learned how to show up authentically, even if you learn the skills, the, like even if you get all the head knowledge in, if you can't come across in a way that's believable, that people want to follow, that people feel like you have their best interest in mind, then even if you know all this great skill and all this great stuff up top, people are like, you're going you're gonna to self-sabotage or they're going to find you out or both. That's just what ends up happening. Okay, so those of you listening on the radio that can't see it in the comments, positionedright.com, contactmapping.com, positionedright.com, contactmapping.com. Pay attention to this. It's going to change your life. We're coming back right after this. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, and Gordon Hester. We're back. All right. How's that? That was really good. Okay, everybody, I need you to all text Ray Higdon and say, man, alive, your show was almost as good as Tom Chenault's. It'll be hilarious. It'll be perfect. And uh, what do you say, Mr. Infomercial? What do you want to say? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that work of how you show up as a human being. And, and I, Gordon, I'd love you to, to dive into this with us a little bit, too, because I, there is this sense that if we if you're early on in network marketing or maybe you've been at it forever and you just, you can't seem to crack the code, you can't seem to quite get it to where it's paying you the way that it should be. You know, where, what are the first principles that you go back to Is Is it a lack of skills that you're yet to master? Is it, you know, what is the missing piece? And what we're talking about here is that foundationally you, people are buying into you. Your, your company has to be good. Your product has to be good. The, all these things, you know, you have to be able to have enough skill to talk about these things well, but at the end of the day, they could go and buy that product or that company or that anything from anybody out there. There's, a, there's a, hundreds of thousands of reps out there in almost every company. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to whether they want to buy you or not. Yeah. And so what is it that, you know, if you're on that journey, what's, you know, what do you say to somebody and how do you how do you transform the way you come across so that that authenticity and that care for people comes through? For me, it's just really simple. Um, anytime people don't see me defined by my focus and my impact and making a difference in people that I'm doing something wrong. So as soon as see, people see an agenda, I think everything changes. And I, I live by that philosophy. Um, anybody that you ever talk to that spent time with me, if they need me, I'm there. I, I don't have an agenda. My agenda is to help them and add value to people's lives. I think it's a big reason why not only have I been successful in building relationships, but they're long-term relationships. I'm a good person to be in a relationship with. But, you know, you kind of look at, you know, some of the people in network marketing and, you know, would you want to be in a relationship with them? If somebody's just looking out for how do I take from you if I'm a pawn in the game, it's not something I'm going to really align to uh, long-term. And, and I think the, the other thing with um, network marketing is I think we teach the game wrong. I, I knew it was a game of cultural addiction. It's a behavioral game. You're talking about addicting people to culture. Culture is the differentiator. We teach duplication. We teach recruiting. We teach sales skills, but we don't teach the relationship part. We don't teach the cultural addiction part. You're so right. And even like you look at contact mapping, I have been preaching the use of um, – 
an app like contact mapping, the idea of a CRM, keeping track of people. You can't do it all in your head. What happens, you can with five people, what if it's 500 or 5,000? And, and the minute you don't have that at your fingertips, it compromises your connection to people. So I think it's hugely important to have the right tools to do that. Yeah. I screwed the pooch from the conference room over to here when I said both of your kids went to Wake Forest and that you were a CPA instead of an accountant. And I am telling you, you think about your whole database and those little tiny, you corrected me on both of those. And I want you to think about when you're meeting people across the table and you remember it right or you kind of remember it. And the name of the game with this app is it's gonna teach you to remember it right and it's gonna teach you something even more important and that's to follow up. And those are critical. So we're coming back right now. So hang on, commercial over. Welcome back to the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault. Hopefully you went out and went to positionedright.com. You bought this unbelievable book by Gordon Hester. It is absolute magic. And before the break, he was talking about no agenda in the way that he talks to people in his life. And earlier in the show that he was talking about three things that differentiate him with everybody else, and that is trust, care, and help. And in my life, it's, it's three things like that too. I know that what blocks me from any relationship in my life is number one, people feel like I don't love them or they don't love me. They feel like I can't trust them or, I don't, or they don't trust me. And the third one is that they don't feel like they belong in my tribe. You know, I've got this arrogance or this air about myself that they don't feel included. And the beautiful thing about my life is that I go to an AA meeting every day. So my entire life is based on, I hang with the absolute misfits of the world and I hang out with the absolute richest people on the planet. And I know there's no difference between any of them. And Gordon's relationship with me has a cement, a concrete foundation to it as a result of a mutual love for another human being, unnamed here, that was in deep water that we both love deeply. And we both talked about that. And that's when we both realized that we both loved each other and those people, that we could trust each other, and that we all belong together. And that knit us together pretty much for life, didn't it, Gordon? It did. You know, it was a special moment that you yeah. have um, a mutual friend that we care so much about, literally um, one of the most special people in my life. And when somebody comes to you and wants to help them, to me, it speaks volumes about their character. And mm -hmm. character matters to me. And people always ask, what, what is character? To me, it's simple. I spent 14 months trying to figure it out. Maybe it wasn't that simple. I think character is nothing more than a measurement of self-interest. So if I look at people that don't have character, what I'm coming to the conclusion is they're putting their needs ahead of mine. That conversation, what I felt is your character, your love of wanting to help somebody. You've been in the journey they had been in. You knew how to make a difference. I have a love for that person too. And, and it kind of brings people together. It, it, it is the cement that makes things work. Because at the end of the day, I didn't have to wonder if you cared. Not only do I remember the conversation, but I remember how much you were willing to do to help. You know, there's an old adage, you know, live in the extra mile. There's very little traffic there. And you were living in the extra mile. You, you generally love to do for people. And 
I felt it. And, it, and it's not an act. It is who you are. It is the core to your essence and your being. So yeah, I, I, there was an, an instant attraction to that for me. Yeah, and me too with you. And that's what it's all about. That's so true. And yeah. I, I love that that's that saying about the extra mile because it, you know, the people, the, the people who have character, they know that it's going to take care of, like they're going to get taken care of too. And so when, like, once you start, once you have that happen enough times and you can stop worrying about whether you're going to get yours because you just know it's going to get handled and you can start living in that space of contribution, it, you know, it all come, it all comes back to you tenfold, but that's not what it's about. It's just that you can trust that that's, that that's going to be there. And so that gives you the space and the permission and the presence to be in that moment and about helping somebody else and not have to not have to keep bringing your agenda back up right yeah yeah and you know for me it um uh, how would i put it um it wasn't just character it was the depth of character so to me that depth came when i realized that i'm going to do something for somebody to help somebody and the only thing I want is it for to make a difference in their life. I don't have any other need. I don't have mm -hmm. any other agenda. I mean, if you look at everything I do for the industry, as you said, I made a joke, like I'll give away more books than I sell because it wasn't about selling books. Yeah. About generally helping this industry grow. I know tens of thousands of people whose lives have changed in this industry. I don't want the industry to be hurt. I don't want it to lose its its prowess in the world as a distribution channel and a business opportunity. I feel an immense responsibility to help evolve the industry. And you know what? I'm not alone. Um, there are a number of people that are getting into that camp. And I think that's the true essence of character when you're really committed to making a difference and expect nothing in return. I look at Al Bala. Bala exemplifies a company CEO to me because he's, out there in the field with his boots on playing the game at a major league level and i really appreciate that about the guy going to every event plugging in no agenda he's never tried to get me to join his company in any way shape or form he's just trying to make the world a better place like you are and i really appreciate that sir and it's it's been an honor having you on this show and uh you're welcome back anytime and we learn, you know, and I'll tell you, I learned so much from this book. I can't believe it. Yeah. And I'm old. This old dog learned some new tricks. I've got over 30 years in this game. And when I'm turning pages going, holy mackerel, that's got to mean something. <laughs> Probably means I have Alzheimer's. I heard whatever it means. <laughs> it means. But I was like blown away. I mean, I, mean, I it, it was for me a page turner. So for a $20 bill, call it or call him on the phone and beg him to sell you one for free. I am going to tell you one thing right now. This is going to change your life. And I'm not going to loan you mine because it's that important to me. It's really, really cool. Don't you agree? It's an awesome book. And definitely you want to check it out. Thank you so much, Gordon, for being here today. Marianne, who do we have on next Deb week? Deb Erickson. Deb Erickson. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, she is a coach to the stars. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know. She's just, she loves to empower women. And she coaches them at a level you can't believe. You definitely want to be on next week. And in between here and there, go to positionright.com and buy this book before he runs out. Because he's giving them away faster than he can sell them. So go do it before he gives them all away. 
I love you. Thanks a million for coming on. We'll see you later, Gordon. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Adrian, thank you. And thank you for everything you do for the industry. Oh, we have fun. See you later. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can get a lot more content like this going to contactmapping.com.